What's good, people? Welcome. This is the first podcast that I am doing that is NBA related. Uh, my name is Gifted. Big basketball fan. Love hoops. Uh, been waiting to launch this for nearly the entire year. Um, initially, I did have another lifestyle pod, but I had to put that on pause. We're here. We're in the playoffs. This is the first pilot episode of Gifted Hoops. There's going to be a lot more basketball content in terms of the podcast side coming. Um, I aim to at least release one to two pods per week detailing the series that we're going through. And in the offseason, we'll get to that when we get to that. But I really want to open up this podcast by saying I'm very thankful for the NBA. I'm very happy to see the state of the NBA playoffs right now. I got to say, like, it's very good so far. There has been good hoops. Some stuff has been underwhelming a little bit, but overall, the experience has been great, and I'm happy that we're in this moment. There's a lot of first-round matchups that I wanted to get into, and a part of my process in terms of recording this specific podcast is I wanted to focus on the game ones that we've already seen. I'll get to my predictions and, and all of that later in this podcast, but I want to start out with the playoffs that we have seen so far in the Western Conference. And I understand the East is is really not up to par, but I want to lead with the hot stuff first. Let's get right into it, right? So in the Western Conference, uh, to me, the best playoff series so far has been the Warriors and the Kings. Now, if you don't know this, uh, I am a Golden State Warriors fan, go Dubs. Um, I support their team. And they're down 0-1 to the Kings as we speak. Um, I want to be clear about the type of Warriors fan I am because I I know that there are some fans out there who just think that we're going to sweep everything and it's not close and we're we're this and we're that. I'm not that fan. Um, the entire season, if you check out my YouTube, which is in the description or whatever, um, I have always been a fan of the Kings this season. When they started out their season 0-4, I kept saying, hey, guys, the Kings are good. Hey, if you watch these games that they lost, it was narrow and they played really good basketball. They just could not get over the hump to win the games, but they are a different team. And people said, ah, we don't know about that. Right now, the Blazers are undefeated, so they're they're better. It's not really close. What are you talking about? And then as the series, so series, as the season progresses, you see the Kings play really great basketball. So them going up 1-0 on the Warriors does not surprise me in the slightest uh, for me. My official prediction for this series was I had the Warriors in six games, but I view this as a six or seven game series. Ultimately, um, I think the Kings are the only offense in the NBA that can keep up with what the Warriors output as well. But their defense isn't that great, but they're very, very strong in terms of having three point shooters and a bunch of three level scorers like Monk and Fox who can just beat everyone to the basket get to the cup put pressure on the rim and get to the free throw line so in terms of how golden state plays defense those types of people give them issues so i do think that this is a toss-up type of series um game one was a very interesting game again fox and monk were just sensational electric getting to the basket getting to the free throw line fox had 40 points monk was so productive in his limited minutes like he only played 28 minutes in this game and he had like 24 points 14 free throw attempts i think at the end he finished with nearly 30 off the eye test but it was just outstanding basketball 
But what I like from the Warriors in that game, at least, was the way that they were able to nullify Sabonis' impact by Kevon Looney and his straight-up defense against Sabonis, but also the way that they made Sabonis prove it on the DHOs. They made him basically have to shoot the basketball, and they were able to limit his productiveness. However, Sabonis still finished with 16 rebounds. And to me, that brings me to the biggest X factor in this series. You're hearing it here on the first podcast from me, Gifted. The X factor in this series is the rebounding. I'm sorry. Uh, Off the top of my head, um, the Kings, I believe, had 17 offensive rebounds. I think the Warriors had nine. That's the game. Okay, this was a a three-point game. I understand how prolific Fox and Monks were. But when you get offensive rebounds, you're able to generate second-chance opportunities that are absolutely killer when you have an offense that has multiple guys who can knock down shots and attack closeouts. And several times when the Kings got the rebound, shortly after, a three-pointer would follow. How do I know that? Because I watched the games, one, but two, For the Warriors offense, they get down the exact same way. When they get second chance opportunities, that leads to a Klay Thompson reload three, a Steph Curry reload three, a a Jordan Poole attack of a closeout, which passes in the offense for a three or a dunk. It just opens up different versatility for your offense. It gives you other looks when you know that you can fight for the rebound. So that type of stuff matters to me. That's the number one thing I'm going to be looking at for tonight's matchup. Uh, ultimately, I still have Golden State in six, but shout out to the Kings because I do think they're a really good basketball team. And if they beat us, I'm not surprised. The Kings are like that. I've been saying that all season long. So this is not like a, a new thing that I'm saying after they win one game. I felt this way the entire time. But I do feel like Golden State still has a chance in terms of their defense to just peak higher in this series than the Kings will. And that gives me hope that the Warriors can still take this series in six. So I got the Warriors. Um, I now want to transition to by far the most electric and probably the funniest playoff series that I think we're going to see. This is between the Suns and the Clippers. So last night, and and by the way, if you're still listening this far in, we watch these games in the Discord. So, so make sure to tap in. I'll leave a link to the Discord in the YouTube description if you're listening on apple podcast or spotify uh follow me on twitter and youtube gifted x blade and we'll be able to like fully dive into those things but we were watching the game yesterday and the impact of the clippers in terms of making their shots they shot 31 percent from three and it's scary because if you watch the game the way this game began the sun said you know what we're gonna blitz Kawhi Leonard we're not afraid of 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 anyone else on the court uh Eric Gordon you you probably can't shoot so we're just gonna leave you wide open and they paid for it I mean it was it was laughable the defense that the Suns were trying to play on the Clippers it was very gimmicky and at several points you saw Chris Paul have his back turned to Eric Gordon as if Eric Gordon was a non-spacer and when Gordon caught the ball he had all the time in the world to sit there do his taxes, watch a full playoff game, and then shoot the basketball. It was it was insane for me to watch yesterday. So from my perspective, that series is super interesting because even though there's no Paul George, the Clippers overall have a better roster in terms of they have more offensive talent top to bottom and they have more defenders 
top to bottom, even without Paul George, compared to the Phoenix Suns, who, by the way, a lot of people just anointed them as the heavy favorite in the West, the heavy favorite to win the title based on Kevin Durant and Booker. But the way basketball works is when you go into the playoffs, you have to have a scheme, but you also have to have team chemistry, and they haven't had that many reps. A lot of people were uh, gassing the fact that they were able to be so prolific in terms of winning in the regular season post-Kevin Durant, but that doesn't really matter when regular season basketball is different from playoff basketball and the Suns are still not playing like elite, elite, elite competition in that stretch. So I think this is a dogfight series. I I said from the beginning, I think this is a six or seven game series. Me personally, for whatever reason, my initial prediction, I'm not going to lie to y'all, I was leaning the Suns in six or seven. And the reasoning behind that is I figured that the way that they could run their offense, if they're able to maximize Aiden with Kevin Durant and Booker accurately, and they could man the staggers better, I thought that it would be just a bit too much for the Clippers. And also think that Ty Lue is a terrorist with his uh, four guard lineups. So I felt that with those things in mind, that would leave a window for the Suns to take the series. But in my heart of hearts, I really feel like the Clippers can win. But that, that was my initial prediction, I'm gonna be honest. But that series is gonna be great. And the reason why I say it's funny is both of these teams during stretches of the game last night did not want to win the basketball game. It was it was very, very funny. Westbrook shot three of 19. And by the way, I'm a Westbrook fan. I'm not a hater, but he shot three of 19. But if you saw his impact defensively, even though he was atrocious, he was really bad offensively, but defensively for him to do what he did. And then on top of that, the polar opposite of Chris Paul down the stretch. Because if you notice, the point guy, Chris Paul, was holding on to the basketball a lot, right? Um, letting the Clippers defense really key in on them in the half court. Russell took the ball and said, I'm giving it to Kawhi. I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to give it to Kawhi, and he's going to close this out. And that that oppositeness between them, on top of the fact that Westbrook was actually a, a positive defensively and saved multiple possessions for the Clippers with his rebounding and his defensive intensity because the Suns apparently in 2023 don't know how to box out. It spoke volumes to how the series can go. So I'm very curious to see how this series concludes. That 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 for me is, is like the best series I have my eyes on outside of obviously my team versus the Kings. But that was outstanding last night from what I saw. Um, the other series in the West, uh, Grizzlies versus Lakers. I want to say this, man. Shout out to the Lakers. They made a, a blockbuster uh, trade. They were able to get rid of Westbrook, add a good defender in Vanderbilt, add D'Lo, and just have a lot more depth, even with the Rui Hachimura trade. Before they did that, a lot of things fit. And yesterday, it kind of all played out. I mean, this man Hachimura had 30 points on super dumb, efficient shooting i'm pretty sure he made like four to five threes and the impact was just there in terms of getting a basket when they needed to and the fact that austin reeves was taking over the game with him and anthony davis by the way we we cannot make enough of this because i i get so sick of the casual fan that just laughs at anthony davis because oh he's he's hurt and sometimes he doesn't do this or that if you watch that game anthony davis by far was the best player on the court. 
by far the best. He he had like seven or eight blocks. He was effective at the basket. His perimeter defense was good. His his steals were great. Anthony Davis was a man, a, a monster, a monster versus the Memphis Grizzlies. And coming in for me, I lean the Lakers. And the reasoning why is not because of the the moves that they made, but specifically the styles. Right, Memphis is still limited in terms of their half-court offense. Um, they don't have the bigger bodies with Steven Adams and Clark to really bang with that Lakers team consistently. And also, John Morant has to impose his will a lot more in this series if they want to win, which, by the way, he got hurt towards the end of that game, and he's in question for the second game. But initially, even fully healthy, when I'm looking at both teams in the series— the Lakers are 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 primed to mismatch hunt, slow things down, and just put pressure on the basket with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they were able to win a game where LeBron was not aggressive offensively in terms of consistently getting to the basket. Instead, you saw that from other areas. And the fact that LeBron can have a game like that and they still comfortably win that game really speaks to how dangerous the Lakers can be in this series and i think for memphis if they're not consistently getting downhill if dylan brooks is being a really bad player offensively where he's shooting 16 percent from the field on high volume taking nine threes didn't make maybe any of them except for one i think like it was really bad and that's gonna follow them in this series especially when jjj was outstanding he was he was really good offensively and he wasn't in foul trouble but now it's how does this series play out when we get to those things, when we get to the adjustments that we need to see for Memphis? that That's what I'm curious to see. Me personally, I do think this is also a similar six or seven game series. This series is more so who is not going to mess up. That's really what it is. And I think it's going to be great basketball for us to witness in this uh, first round. But that game one was electric and spectacular from jump all the way to the end. Um, the last series in the West, not gonna lie, kind of mid. Um, the Nuggets versus the Timberwolves. I feel bad for Timberwolves fans. Um, if you've been on the channel, I predicted that they would be a top three seed in the West this year, but I thought they would be a good regular season team that would be exposed and have issues in the playoffs. But they weren't able to do that this entire season because Cat was not there, and that just like hurts you when your best player. Yeah, best player, I still believe that, was not present for the entire year. It was good for Ant in terms of him, him being able to play well and get himself at a higher level. But in terms of this playoff series, the Denver Nuggets are the favorites in the West. I don't think that's really up for debate for me. I think for the entire year, they've been consistent outside of after March 3rd because they had already locked up the one seed. But that is a team that has prolific shooting. Uh, probably the best offensive player in the game, Nikola Jokic. I think it's comparable to Stephens argument, but how Jokic is so excellent in terms of playmaking and getting people involved and also scoring when he needs to, like that punch is just going to be too much for the Timberwolves. And also the Timberwolves are a team that have not had many reps together with Cat and Gobert, number one. And they're also missing a lot of good personnel. Nas Reed. There's no Jaden McDaniels who hurt his hand. They're just missing a lot of people and they're not healthy. So in my estimation, when you look at that playoff series, it's just 
tough. And I just don't think that, that they really stand a chance to fully win this series. I expect the Nuggets to take this in five or four games. I really do. Um, I still think Minnesota at full health could have made this maybe a bigger fight. I would have still leaned the Denver Nuggets, but I just think that they're primed to take this series comfortably. And that overall concludes all of the first games that we saw in the Western Conference. I'm going to go to the East. The East is not as interesting, but I do think when it's the second round, the East will probably be right there with the Western Conference. But let's just quickly transition to the East. I don't want to make this podcast too long. It's the first one, but we'll be unpacking a lot more things as we continue on. So for the Eastern Conference, you have the Sixers and the Nets. Um, I think that this should be a walk in the park series for Philadelphia. If you watch that game one, they basically said, Joel and B, we're going to double you for the entire game as much as possible. And we're going to try to make everyone else beat us. And guess what? Everyone else beat them. I mean, James Harden was prolific from the three. You saw the other McDaniels brother hitting his shots as well. Tobias Harris had a great first half. Like they were just making shots. And the thing is, if you're going to play that style of defense against Philadelphia, you're going to give them a lot of high quality looks and they're making it. So that was really good for that Philadelphia team. I do think from the Nets perspective, Mikael Bridges is showing that his star potential is extremely high. I mean, for the entire year, even before he was trading, he showed you glimpses of picking up his offensive production. But now that he's on the Nets as like their primary guy outside of Dinwiddie sometimes hogging the ball and jacking up shots respectfully, right? Um, you see Mikhail Bridges really be productive in that role. And he was outstanding in terms of his pull-up shot and how consistent of an offensive force he was. But ultimately, I think the Nets are a flawed offense. I think a lot of times their offense can stagnate. And I don't think that they're really big enough to compete with what Philadelphia has in terms of Joel Embiid's uh, size and also the free throw pressure that you're going to receive from James Harden and Joel Embiid fully within that series. So for me, I also have the Sixers in five. I think the Nets can steal a game, but I expect the Sixers to take this pretty early. Um, the next series is is really underwhelming as well. Uh, that would be the Celtics versus the Hawks. I think the Celtics should be able to sweep. I kind of feel like the Sixers should also be able to sweep, but I just think that these teams are going to give up a game. I think the roster is just better. I think that the uh, effort in terms of Tatum and Brown defensively and as wings who could just chop up that Hawks defense, who's kind of small, I think it gets rough. And especially if if we're saying that Capella is not going to be as impactful on the glass, they're going to struggle a lot in this series. I think Trey Young can have a star game where even if his shot's not falling, how he's impacting the game with his playmaking and his advantage creation is big, but they're going to have to have their shooters and DeJounte Murray, who again, they traded all of these draft picks for, for him to be the guy to take advantage of the defense when Trey's getting blitzed. They're going to need all those things to come into play if they really want to compete in this series. And I just doubt it compared to how good Boston has been all season long and specifically even in this type of matchup. So I had the Celtics in five games, in my opinion. Um, after that, things again get a little wonky here. Uh, Heat versus Bucks was a series 
that a lot of people thought would be five games, and and like I think that's fair. They look terrible in the play-in versus the Hawks in terms of the rebounding effort in the battle. Most Heat fans wanted their season to end before the playoffs started. However, with the development of what's happening with Giannis and his back, with the back spasms, his future in this series is questionable. Now, he could just come back and they proceed to steamroll the Heat. But the thing with the Miami Heat, at the very least, is Jimmy Butler has proven time and time again that he is a playoff riser. And once again, last night, if you watched that game, the stuff that he was doing in terms of dominating the flow of the game was spectacular, and the Heat were able to make shots in, in a lot of situations. The sad part for the Heat, though, is Tyler Hero has a fractured hand, I believe, so there's a chance that he's going to miss the rest of this playoff series. I think the Heat have a chance if there's no Giannis. But if Giannis comes back, I just think it's going to be too much for this Heat team to overcome, especially after losing Tyler Hero. They're going to need people to step up. And this is the part of the video where I you know, continue to look dead at the camera and say a name. Bam Adebayo has to be better. And I understand. What you're going to do is you're going to go to that game one box score. You're going to tell me he shot 10 for 18. And you're going to say, what do you mean he was pretty good? If you watch that game, the amount of times Bam caught the ball wide open at the basket, did not go up, fumbled the ball, turned it over, and vomited all over himself, he was a negative offensive player at many spurts during that game. And I'm sorry, but if, if there's no Tyler Hero to take shots for you in those stretches and be good, then you're asking a lot more from other players on the team, and Bam has to step it up offensively especially if you're telling me that there is no Giannis on help side to really put fear in him outside of maybe Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis so he's got to be better if they really want a chance to compete in this series my initial prediction was Bucks in five games but if there's no Giannis the entire complexity of not just this series but the NBA playoffs changes completely if you have to ask me now I still think the Bucks take this series, but it's probably a six-game series than five, especially because the Heat were able to steal a game. Again, that's my speculation on the series if there is no Giannis, right? So we'll see. Uh, big shout out to Kevin Love. He hit some insanely big shots and set really good screens, like just, you know, solid screens, and the charges were just spectacular from him. So great, great game. Um, the next game that we have to get into uh Knicks Cavs and guess what as a basketball fan I'm not gonna lie to you I was unable to watch this full game um however in terms of the fight that the Knicks brought to the Cavs the Knicks are showing why they can win the series and I said this coming in like the Knicks overall if you look at it on paper have the better roster their bench clear like absolutely clears the Cavs bench lineups while the Cavs might have the higher-end talent with Mitchell, Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, like, that, that's fair. But the Knicks also have bigger bodies. Like, Randall can push Mobley out of the way. Um, they just have the size. And also, Brunson, in terms of his mismatch hunting ability, is just spectacular. And the way that you saw Brunson and Mitchell just trading baskets up and down, up and down, up and down, it really speaks to the dynamics that they have together as a, you know, 
tandem. Like they're both like bulls in China shops who are just strong and more physical than your guards. And if they're gonna just give Brunson single coverage and just allow him to cook, it's gonna be either a long sh series for the Cavs or a short one, as spectacular as Donovan Mitchell was. So they're gonna also need more offensively from Evan Mobley if they wanna be able to be in this series as well. Uh, for me personally, this is a pick'em series, but I I looked at the Knicks team and I said this Knicks team is better than the Cavs team. So for me personally, I had the Knicks in like seven games. I think the Knicks are better, um, but I do think the Cavs can beat them because they still have elite pull-up shooting with Donovan Mitchell and and also Garland, but they will still struggle in other aspects. So for me, I got the Knicks, but. I think that's going to be a really good series out east. Um, the last series in the east. Oh, you know what? That was the last series in the east. I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, overall, those were all of the game ones. Uh, tonight, we have Sixers Nets and we have Kings Warriors Part 2. Uh, my prediction on Kings Warriors is they're going to have to find a way to guard Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox better. And I'm sorry. But a lot of times in that game, they kind of invited Monk to drive. And Monk said, oh, okay, I'll just drive. And he was able to put pressure on the rim and score very effectively. But it's that, but it's also the rebounding. Like, for me, the main thing I want to see from the Warriors is a better effort in terms of securing these rebounds. And the way that you play Monk and Fox, at least making it a bit tougher for them to get to the basket, which is hard because they're really good. But... I think the, the increase in Gary Payton's minutes is going to be very important towards accomplishing that goal. And I also think that offensively, they're going to have to try to get to the basket more because they were able to get high quality shots versus the Kings in the first game. But I would like to see an increase in the rim pressure from Andrew Wiggins, Steph, Clay, like just doing it a bit more often because they were getting layups when they wanted to against this Kings defense. But a lot of times they just took tougher shots and they weren't hitting. I mean, they shot 16 of 49. I, no, sorry, 16 of, of 50 from three for the entire game. Like, that's not a good three-point shooting game from the Warriors, which makes it such an interesting game, too. Uh, my prediction is I think the Warriors are going to steal game two. Me, personally, I always had it as a split. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought the best chance for the Warriors to take, take a game would have been game one because of the nerves that the Kings would have in game one. Game two is going to be a dogfight, I think. But I just trust Golden State to be able to get a, a split on the road. Uh, in the playoffs, they normally do it. I understand how bad they've been uh, on the road all year. But if you watch game one, it didn't really feel like more of the same from the regular season. It just felt like the Kings were just better in spots because of Monk and Fox. So... To me, I think the Warriors are in a prime position to take game two, but they're going to have to earn it. And ultimately, in the playoffs, as we know, if you're representing home court, your job is to win your game at home. That That is literally what is required of you. Win your game at home, and there's no brownie points awarded for extra stuff. The Kings needed to win that game because had they lost game one, the narrative would have been that the Warriors are going to, like, beat them in five or, or sweep them. They took care of business as a contender, as a real good team would do. So shout out to the Kings, but I expect the Warriors to bounce back. Um, Sixers Nets, I got the Sixers. I really think that's like a, a shorter type of series. 
Um, if they're going to keep guarding Joel Embiid the same way that they do, I, I do think the Sixers team is going to continually be able to score and create advantages against them. And also, the fact that Embiid is, is not settling and like he's going to be able to find and pick his spots to still score against them and get to the free throw line, I just think it's way too much for the Nets to realistically manage. And I don't think that they're going to be able to beat them at home. I think if Brooklyn takes the game, it's going to have to be in Brooklyn. So I'm going to go with the Sixers tonight as well. Uh, those are my official playoff predictions for tonight. And we're 28 minutes into this podcast. I guarantee you, I'm probably going to have some longer uh, episodes as soon as I start t- to get some more guests on there and some more reps. But overall, like basketball has been so, so good this season. Uh, so many up and downs for different teams in the West, as we all know, is a dogfight in the West. Almost any team can make it out of the Western Conference, even though I do think the Nuggets should be the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. Um, I think it's going to be really high-level hoops from this point forward, so uh, appreciate basketball. If you want to watch some of the games with us, uh, we're going to be in the Discord tonight uh, previewing these games and also live watching them as well, so make sure to tap in. I'll leave a link to the Discord on the YouTube side. And also, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to like uh comment five stars on on spotify apple music whatever and let me know what you think about it and yeah i'll catch you guys in the next pod slash recording but uh, again i'm gonna be active like all playoffs long almost every day i want to be talking basketball because after this we have a long off season which will also be super duper interesting and there's a lot at stake for a lot of these teams so again Follow me on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, stuff at Gifted X Blade. The podcast is called Gifted Hoops. So, yeah, peace out, people. I, I appreciate y'all.